0: Before we get to John 4, that's going to be at the very end. I want to just, uh, I've got a few things I want to share with you guys. I want to um, recap last weekend, first of all. Come on, how powerful was last Sunday? Isn't that amazing? Like we, we went into last Sunday with a, a spirit of anticipation and expectation, even as a staff Um, We had met together multiple times and prayed over January 31st. And just we were asking the Lord to help us as leadership lead the way in generosity. But also that it would be a day of breakthrough for so many. It would be a day that was uh, set apart as a day where we finally, maybe it just finally some of you for the first time sunk in. That it's not I have to give, but it's I get to give. I get to be a part of what God is doing. Not only is it our recognition of our privilege, but it's the reason for God's provision. I get to give. That's the whole reason God's given you and I anything is so that we could be managers of it and faithful with it. And, uh, so man, it was a powerful weekend and I want to just, uh, highlight some of the great things that we've, uh, we've seen God do through it. Um, one thing I just want to mention, we have some ongoing resources for you guys available here in the North Venue at the merch display in the North Venue foyer. Uh, one of these is a book by Randy Alcorn, I believe it's selling for eight bucks, uh, called Managing God's Money. And uh, a lot of what, some of the principles that we talked about during the Loosing the Grip series came from things I read in this book. I read about four or five books leading up to this series, uh, and, and uh, so I wanted to pass on some of those resources to you guys. This is available, Managing God's Money, uh, obviously talking about one of the principles we covered was ownership, that it all belongs to God anyway, Amen. It's all his, and so we got to have an open hand with it. Another great resource, one of my favorites and a super easy read, is by Andy Stanley, and it's called How to Be Rich. This sells for 10 bucks here. It's not how to get rich, but how to be rich. Um, we covered, as Americans, you are rich. And so like his, this book says, it's not what you have, it's what you do with what you have. And so this is a really great resource because, and the reason we do that is because um, our generosity was not just a January 31st thing. You with me on that? What we were praying was that January 31st unlocked something in all of us and began a lifestyle of generosity that goes far beyond just what happened in January. I've been praying that as we were leading up to that big day of giving, that we wouldn't focus on a church nearly uh, nearly as much on the amount of money that came in i told you many times this is not a fundraiser this is now we're not trying to hit a certain dollar amount what we're praying is that god would do something powerful as we loosen the grip on the cash that he's given us and in turn our finances loosen their grip on us and uh, so we just pray that it's a, it's a, a long lasting lifestyle of generosity. So um, let me recap some of the cool things that we've seen God do through this. Um, got a couple pictures I'll show you here in a moment. But if you were here, in case you weren't here, um, last Sunday we gathered together as a church in both of our venues, and people gave from all over the world as well from our live stream. We're so thankful for that. Um, wherever you are from, and people just. Caught the vision and uh, united behind this cause uh, to to let God do Something powerful when we all join together and so we had um, we passed out cards last Sunday Where you could fill out this is where I'm this how much I'm giving and this is where I want this money to go toward we had 11 funds or ministries that you could uh, contribute toward all eleven funds received donations last Sunday, which I thought was worthy of celebrating. Amen. So that goes from everything from one of our new ministry partners, Reload Love, that targets uh, reaches out to kids in war torn areas like Iraq and Afghanistan and ministers the love of Jesus um, to them uh, to church planting, which happens. Our heart. We are a church plant and we believe that one of the most valuable ways to reach a community is to plant churches and we hope to be even more a part of that in the future of Awaken. Um, We want to give toward that. Of course, together we build um, local ministries like Mana Cafe, who's reaching into the lives of homeless people all over our city. Hope Pregnancy Center that um, reaches into the lives of young families that sometimes end up not realizing, not prepared to have a baby, and they have no hope. And so hope doesn't just... Help them with some ultrasounds, but speaks the name of Jesus into their life. And so we want to come beside that. So all of the ministries, and many more that I don't have time to mention, received some sort of funding, some a little, some a lot. A couple highlights. Um, we got to this week, I took the awakened staff on a couple little field trips. We went, first of all, to Hope Pregnancy Center, and because of your generosity, I want you to know, we were able to present Hope Pregnancy Center this week with a check for over $2,000. So we got a picture of these that you'll see on the screen. Um, we also then went from Hope Pregnancy Center to Mana Cafe, and because, again, of your generosity, we got to pray for them and present them with a check for over $1,900 to reach the homeless people of Clarksville. So those were the two ministries that were uh, given to the most, of course, except, except for uh, Together We Build, which you guys caught the vision on that, apparently. And uh, we came together and over a hundred people gave something toward Together We Build, gifts ranging from thousands down to a dollar. And I love it because it's not about an amount, it's about sacrifice, right? So so we again we're not looking for a dollar amount. We we get excited about that sure, but what we care about is what's happening behind the scenes in the heart that we can't even see. So uh to, together corporately last Sunday alone, get this, as a church, we gave just toward together we build over $41,000 on one day. Man. Now, let me tell you this, the total given, so we've been, uh, we, we allowed this week people to contribute toward the, the total, loosen the grip amount. So we now, uh, as a church, in just one week, as you've been so generous, we have seen over $70,000 come in in one week. Incredible. So... Um, not only are we able to put 40 40 grand more toward the future build out here at awaken, and we're gonna keep chipping away at that total. Um, but also, you're gonna start seeing some improvements around the awaken house as well. We're gonna be uh repainting our entire shopping center to make it look like it's not gross anymore. Um, we're gonna uh, we're we've got a couple. Uh, phases or, or some preparation that needs to happen before phase one of Together We Build can, can be ready. Uh, so we're going to be able to, to begin on that. We're going to build out a little bit better workspace for our Awakened staff here. So you're going to begin to see a lot of that taking place and we're hoping to have a lot of that done by Easter just over the next few weeks. So thank you guys so much for your generosity, man. God does something so powerful when we give. And one thing you need to know about Awaken is that we're committed as a church to generosity. And as we prepare and save and plan to build out and we need more seats, we need to be under one roof instead of between two venues, man, every dollar that comes in, we want to try to put it toward that future. But we also want to be a beacon of light in the darkness of Clarksville, Tennessee. And so even though we've got a place that we could put every dollar, I want you to know that every dollar... That you give to awaken, 12% of that goes outside of our church. Okay. We've got, we've got people all over the world who are benefiting because you are giving. And so for every dollar you give, 12% of that goes somewhere else. And so we've been keeping track over the last six years of ministry since we began as a church of all the money that we have an opportunity to give, uh, to give away. And uh, we, we have a running total of that on our website. Um, if you, if you uh, swing by our website, you can click on the Ministries We Support page, and it updates monthly with uh, how much money we give, and you can read all about the ministries that we give toward. So get this, with uh, all of the money that we brought in over the last week, those of you who designated it uh, toward uh, one of our funds or our ministry organizations, we are now only about $2,000 shy, shy of giving away in six years one hundred thousand dollars to fund organizations all over the city, the total is ninety seven thousand eight hundred and ninety bucks that we've given away in six years. Guys, can you imagine? I believe that the church should be the most generous organization on the planet. you with me on that and so man when when we even though we've got our own needs here and we want to build and we want to expand Um, That's not a self-serving thing. We're trying to make more room for more people to hear about Jesus. And even though we need every dollar to go toward that, we want to make sure that we're being generous and putting that money elsewhere as well. Um, In addition to all of those cool numbers, one of my favorites that I heard this week was we uh, counted, at least from the the gifts that were given um, last Sunday, 62 people who gave for the very first time here at Awaken. That's worthy of celebrating right there. 62 individuals or families or couples who said, I've never given, but today I'm taking a step of faith. And I'm praying for you. I believe in that God is going to honor that step of faith and that sacrifice in your life. Amen? Hey, why don't we pray? And let's just thank the Lord for what, we, what we're a part of. God, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for loving us and that we get to be a part of this, Lord. Thank you for our north venue and our south venue, the people who gave across this campus and for everybody who joins us online and even caught the vision we heard from people in New Mexico and California and overseas, people who said, can you write our name on that glass? We gave and we believe in what God is doing and awaken and we're just so thankful, Lord for what you're doing all over the world and right here in Clarksville, Tennessee. Lord, we pray that you would continue to unlock generosity on our hearts and that we would be a group of people who honors you with what you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you uh, have your Bibles, turned to John chapter four. I just have a few words to share with you guys today before we close. These were some things that I shared with the Awakened staff uh, this week. We have a monthly gathering that we call Staff advance because uh, we believe that it's very important for us to be united as a team, advancing together. And uh, so we we gather together, and um, this last uh, Tuesday, I began sharing some of these things with them from John chapter four and a few other scriptures that I'll share with you. Talked to Pastor Nate afterwards, and he said, "Man, you got to share that with the church. The church needs to hear where we're coming from." And and um, so I've entitled this short little message, "Worth." The risk or worth the work. Either way, however, you want to write it, what I want you to understand today is that God has called us into, invited us into what He is doing. And I hope that you could understand today that whatever sacrifice you have to make to be a part of that will be worth it. Amen? So, um, part, of, part of what you're going to hear us say often here at Awaken, we call it the Awaken Code. And uh, one of the pieces of the code says we share the weight. And the rewards. In fact, the way that we fine tune it even a little uh, more in depth, we say we give our time, talents, and energy to further the gospel while corporately shouldering the weight of ministry. We believe deeply in the value of a team and invest in our teams and team members accordingly. So, what I want us to see today is that on a weekend like this, where we celebrate the great things that God is doing, which is important, by the way. You don't want to just constantly go out to battle without ever taking some time to thank the Lord for what he's done. We believe another part of the code is that monuments drive the movement. And so we got to constantly, just like they did all throughout the Bible, when God does something great, we got to build a monument because we're forgetful people. We have to fight against our forgetfulness. This is a monument weekend. We're celebrating great things that God has done and what we believe he will do by faith. And so we share the weight But what I want you to see is that there will be no rewards to share if there is no weight of ministry shared. In other words, let me put it this way. There is no celebration without some sacrifice. And the many who have sacrificed so much and those of you who gave Uh, last weekend and who have been giving maybe for years now, and you've been generous and sacrificing. Those of you who give your time week in and week out to serve, those of you who are leading our Awaken groups and involved all across the church, we get to celebrate today because of your sacrifice. I want you to understand how heavy this is. Um, and, and although all throughout scripture you can read certain portions where there seems to be these like superhero-like people who carry more weight and do greater things than anybody else. The bottom line is and the theme throughout scripture is that we're better together. You with me on that? That we, we reach further. We reach more people. We take the gospel further. We impact more lives when we do it together. And so we have to be united in that pursuit of the calling that God's placed on our lives. And in fact, I love the way that Brian Houston, he's the pastor of Hillsong Church, put it. He said, great churches are not built on the gifts or talents of a few, but on the sacrifice of many. And this is how we move forward. So here's what Jesus says. John chapter 4, verse 36. It's actually kind of a funny Um story we pick up right in the middle if you know anything about john chapter 4 you know jesus is breaking all kinds of rules in john 4 he's in samaria jews don't go to samaria They're those crazy weird people we don't, we don't go to samaria jesus breaks the rules he goes he goes to the people come on who we don't want to touch right he goes out of his way to talk to the people that you don't you're like stay keep at a distance jesus goes no i died for that person right I could preach a message on that. I'm not going to. I don't have time. Um, Jesus goes out of his way to go to Samaria. And then another rule was men don't talk to women. You know what Jesus is doing? Talking to a Samaritan woman because he cares about people. So he goes there and um, the disciples have gone to get him some food. So it says in John four, verse 31, the disciples were urging him, say, rabbi eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Now, Here's the thing about Jesus. He often talks more spiritually than our physical ears pick up. So Jesus is saying, my food is to do the will of the father. But the disciples are like teenage boys with rumbling stomachs. And all they can think about is I need a burger right now. Actually, then I need one then. And it's late and I need some lunch. So Jesus goes, they're like, hey, rabbi, you should eat. And he says, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? How did he get a burger already? Who brought him a casserole? How did we, how did they sneak in? Like they're, they're all confused. And he goes, Jesus said to them, verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes And see that the fields are white for harvest. Already, the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering for eternal life. And here's the kicker. Ready? So that the sower and the reaper, however it is that you are involved in this process, whether you're sowing or reaping, may rejoice together. I love that. However it is that you're involved, we rejoice together. But the reality is we often hone in on the rejoicing part without thinking through all the hard work that it took to get there. For instance, we don't have a reason to celebrate a a big weekend here at Awaken if it weren't for a lot of people who sacrificed and poured their hearts into making that weekend happen. You with me on that? If it weren't for the sacrifice, there's no celebration. And so what I hope you understand today is that it's worth the work. Okay, now we're talking about sowing and reaping. I'm going to share a few other scriptures about that here in a moment. But understand some parallels here. When we talk about sowing, reaping, and ministry, there's a lot of important parallels. When you go to sow or reap, what are some things that also go in line, parallel ministry? Well, they all take time, don't they? Wouldn't it be great to just pop a little apple seed in the ground and boom, an apple tree pops out of the ground? That'd be nice. No, it takes years. You know why I don't plant trees? Because I ain't got no time for that. I, I ain't got time for t- waiting around for ten years for something to come growing up out of the ground. You know, I, I I need my I need my stuff right now. Pop it in the microwave. Deliver it overnight. It's instant gratification. You know, and that culture that we live in. Um, oftentimes strips us of our patience. And so when it comes to people, just like sowing and reaping, it takes time. When it comes to sowing and reaping in ministry, you need to understand another important parallel that we have to rely or we are um, affected by elements that are outside of our control. So the seed in the ground is affected by the storm that you and I can't control. That person that you are speaking into their life, they are affected by people and things all around them that you can't control. Thank God we serve the, the God who is sovereign over all of it. And when you and I can't get it together or we can't figure it out, we serve the God who has already gotten it together, has always been together and has a direction for all of us anyway. It's his sovereignty. is in control. Um, it takes time. We have to we're affected by elements that are that are outside of our control. It takes patience, investing in the lives of people. It's messy. Um, it's hard work. It takes care and maintenance, all of those things. And so here's the big idea. We don't have weekends to celebrate if there's not a lot of work that has gone into those things. Here's how Solomon put it in uh, his book, wisdom book uh, called Ecclesiastes. If you can't say that word, don't stress about it. It's the book that starts with an E in the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4, Solomon writes, he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. In the New Living Translation, it words it a little bit easier. It says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. The idea is we cannot as a church or as individuals afford to stand around and hope that all of the things fall into place so that finally we could move forward and be used by God. If we just had a bigger budget, if more people just gave, if we just had a bigger building, no, come on. You didn't actually think that the sovereign God who spoke everything into existence was held down by our wallets or our lack of square footage. Did you really think that for a moment? Because no way he wants to use you, but just like Mordecai told Esther in her famous book, if you're you're not willing to be a part of it, then salvation will come in some other way. This is an invitation for us to join in, okay? So we can't just stand around and hope that it all falls into place. In fact, we can't stand on an open field and rejoice for harvest. There's got to be some work that goes into it before the rejoicing can take place. Now, when Solomon's talking about staring up at the sky and Looking at the clouds regarding those, that can be a good thing. Um, I think back to Genesis chapter 15, one of my favorite stories. Abraham's stressed out and he's whining to to God. How many know some of the greatest men of faith whined? Okay? It's okay sometimes when you got to whine, you're stressed. Tell God, he went to the right source. So Abraham's talking to the Lord. And God says, Hold on, go outside and count the stars. I think sometimes we need to follow that same advice. Because, and I wonder what happened with Abraham if he goes, All right, fine. One, two, three, four, 17,432, 17,004. I wonder if he actually tried, you know? I'll bet he got to like 16 and then he was like, Forget it. I can't even do that. God goes, That's the point. You're not in control. I am. And I happen to not only have spoken all of those stars into existence, but I placed them in their position and I know them all by their unique names. I've got this, in other words. Sometimes it's good for us to go and look up at the sky. Uh, Psalm 8, David writes, When I look at the heavens, who is man that you are mindful of us? Right? So it's good sometimes. Now, there is unproductive looking at the skies. Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascends into heaven, and the disciples stare into the sky. To the point where the, an angel comes down and goes, Hello? <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys looking at? Get to work, right? Jesus said he's coming back. He's coming back in the way that he went up. So come on. Come on, dudes. Let's do this, Okay? Get to the prayer meeting, all right? So so sometimes staring at the sky can be good. Other times it can, it can hamper, it can put a, a damper on our pro- productivity. So either way, here's the point. We cannot stand around and just wait for God to do it all. Do you know how God provides for his church? Through his church. You know how God puts his church to work? When we get to work. So it takes time, it takes commitment, it takes hard work. It, the conditions are rarely ideal, but you got to seize every opportunity. Seize every moment that you can. Work hard every moment that you can. Here's how Paul wrote it. First Corinthians chapter 3, he says the Corinthian church was right there in the middle of, a, of an argument about who was their leader and who they were going to follow. And here's what Paul says. What then is Apollos? That's another guy who was ministering with Paul. What is Paul? servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. Now, I I read that from the English Standard Version. Let me read this from the, the ACV, the Awakened Church version. Can I do that for a moment? What then is Alex? What is Abby or, 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 or Philip or Tara or Jose or Laura? Or what, what are all these people? Servants through whom people believed as the Lord assigned to each. Right? Randy planted. Tim watered. But God gave the growth. It wasn't them who did it. We got to be a part of it, but God brought the growth. So neither Nate who plants nor Jeremiah who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Devon who plants and drew who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor for we awakened church are God's fellow workers. Come on. He's invited us into this. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, New thing that got added to the dictionary, it's an acronym, F-O-M-O. It stands for fear of missing out. It's a real thing. And here's the definition. It's anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere, often aroused by posts seen on social media website. It's a real thing. F-O-M-O. Fear of missing out this is bad that this is now in our dictionary and people we, we are glued to our tiny little screens because of fear of missing out I might not be a part of something awesome that's happening somewhere else let me tell you about my own fear of missing out for some of you I fear that you will miss out on God's provision because you're not willing to be generous with what he's given you. I fear that you will miss out on celebration Because the sacrifice seemed too much. I fear that there are people all around us who need Jesus that will miss out. Because of those of us who know him and feel entitled. Like God owed us some kind of blessing. If you're not sharing the weight. I want you to understand you're missing out. And you can't count on a reward. If there's no weight that's being shared. Now, please don't hear me that you got to work to earn your salvation. If you know anything about the gospel, if you know anything about me or awakened Church, you know we're always going to take it back to Jesus. And the bottom line is this. If it weren't for Jesus' sacrifice, there would be no reason to celebrate. Anybody with me on that? It's His sacrifice that we think that we live for, that we sacrifice for, that we believe is worthy of our time. And I hope today that you would understand that whatever God calls you to, it is worth the work. And so whatever you have to do to exhaust yourself and be a part of God's calling, I'm telling you, you'll never regret a moment or a dollar that you've invested into building the kingdom of God. It's not to earn his love. You can't ever do that. He loves you just like you are. But the good news is he's called you to be a part of something and live for something greater that will outlast you. And so today, if you don't know Jesus, I hope you would hear from, hear me say to you today that there is purpose, there is meaning, there is hope greater than anything you've ever lived for in the past. And today, if you would accept God's gift of forgiveness and mercy, you can live for what matters in this life. Amen. Hey, let's pray as the worship teams come up to close. Lord, thank you so much for our time together. Lord, thank you that we have a reason to celebrate. I believe so much of that is in part to, uh, due to those who have given so much and sacrificed so much time and, and talent and energy. But Lord, ultimately, we just go back to the fact that there's no reason to celebrate apart from your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in our place. Thank you for shedding your blood and help us to honor you in all that we do and all that we say. Lord, for anybody who's watching right now or anybody who's joining us here in person that does not have a saving relationship with you, let today be so much more than just a day at church. And I pray that today you would speak into those lives. Encourage them. We worship today because of your sacrifice in our place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Awaken Church. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry in people's lives. Email us with your story at info at For more teachings, make sure to browse our teaching archive at awakenchurch.org or on the Awakened mobile app.